Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey everybody, this is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trade in the Stock Market. Today's episode, we're going to talk about multiple stop losses, placing target prices for where to get profits. And when you have only a specific amount of time to watch the market because you're dealing with a job, you're dealing with family responsibilities, how do we juggle all of that? So that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. This email comes from a guy, I'm going to call him Skeeter for a good Florida redneck name because I don't use people's real identities. Skeeter writes, hey Ryan. I've just recently started to try swing trading out about a month in and have really enjoyed it so far. Your podcasts are full of valuable information and really do help. I have a small account and I'm really just trying to focus on following my strategy and being consistent. I am not risking more than 2% per trade. Recently, I got into BNED. That is Barnes & Noble Education for those wondering. I set my stop loss order. I use Fidelity just because I'm familiar with the platform and my Roth IRA is set up through them as well. And I figured I was good. I had two price targets. My first price target was at $1.37. My second price target was at $1.70. Before I knew it, they were both hit in a matter of days and I didn't even have the orders in or set to take my profits. I am now confused about how to set up trades with all of my parameters, stop plus orders and for profit taking. My question to you is, How do you navigate these orders? I can't spend more than a couple of hours a day looking at the charts. Is it possible to have multiple orders open for your stop loss and sell targets? It seems unreasonable and risky to cancel my stop loss order just to open up a new order to sell those shares at my profit taking levels. Am I right? Thank you for all you do. Skeeter. Good question. So yes, there's, there's a thing called order cancel orders or order triggers orders. And I know with Thinkorswim, they have this. I've not seen that with Fidelity. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. And I know they have like an active trader software that you can use. And there's a good chance that they have that with that. I would ask them, I would call them up and say, hey, I need to look into order cancel orders or order triggers orders. Because what you can do there is you can say, all right, I want two stop losses. But of course, I can't have both of them filled at the same time or at, or at any point in time. Because if I'm getting into stock ABC at 100 and I'm putting a stop loss at a $95, and then I'm putting a target for $110, and I have 100 shares on each one of those, well, there is the chance that it could hit the profit target and then go down and hit your stop loss order. And if you don't have the shares there, it can't execute it. So it's going to tell you, hey, this isn't a valid order. And as a result, what you want to do is order cancels orders. So if this order triggers, then it cancels the other. And likewise, if the stop loss is triggered, it cancels the target order. You can also do conditional orders where if one condition is met, let's say the stock drops below a certain price, you want to put in the stop loss, you can do it that way. Or if you want to do it for if the stock exceeds a certain price, you can put in a profit target. You can also do those as well. So there's multiple ways to take advantage of the market using multiple orders for the same position that you have open. You can do that with conditional orders. You can do it like OCO, like what I just talked about, orders, canceling orders. You want to make sure that you have a good understanding of those before using them and make sure that usually you can call up any brokerage and they have a person there, a specialist that will talk to you about it and make sure that you have all of that understood so that you can do that. But one thing I do with my target prices is I don't put an order out there for them. If my target price is hit, 
that doesn't really trigger a sell order for me to get out of the position completely. Usually along the way, I'm taking profits already. So if I get into stock, let's say, again, stock ABC at $100 a share, I have a stop loss at 95. I have a target for 115, so I have a three to one reward risk ratio on it. Let's say it gets up to $107. I'm taking some profits off the table. Maybe it's a third of a position. And then it gets up to, let's say 112. Maybe I'm taking another third off the table and I'm down to my one third of a position. And then it gets up to 115. Am I necessarily taking profits there? No, probably not. I'll probably be taking my profits further down the road. I wanna see how far this can run. Now, Skeeter here, he's trading in some pretty volatile stuff here, BNED. I was actually shocked it was Barnes & Nobles. I haven't seen this stock symbol in ages, mainly because I don't trade anything under $10. But BNED, it's still hanging around. I, I guess we still have one down the street even, but I, I don't know anybody that actually goes to those things. But this stock in recent days has gone from $1.90 up to as high as $2.25. And this is a perfect example, even though it is a very volatile penny stock kind of a play. It's a good example of how a stock can blow through your target. So Skeeter here, he probably got in around the $1.15 to $1.20 range. He doesn't tell me exactly. I'm just kind of assuming here. He has a target, first target at $1.37. He has a second target at $1.70. He's probably, again, I'm assuming, wanting to sell half positions at each one of these. So if he had done that, he, he goes ahead, sells half at $1.37. Yeah, he's, he's got a pretty good gain. He's got, it goes up to $1.70. He goes ahead and sells the other half. He's had a great trade, really good trade. But is he necessarily letting the winners run to its full potential? Not necessarily. Because guess what ends up happening? The next day, it goes all the way up to 225. So you're going from $1.70, where you completely close out your position, to 225. And this thing really never looked back. I mean, it wasn't like it went all the way back down to $1.20 and then bounced up to 225. I mean, it was just straight up. And right now, it's still trading at $1.96. So even if he didn't get out the day that it went up to 225, he still has a chance to get in, get out at $1.97, well above his second target price. And why this is important is because oftentimes we try to set where we think the stock is going to go and then we get out sometimes. And if you remember the last podcast, the guy says, I always try to get out at 15%. Why? What makes 15% so special? We, we set these things. This is what I like to get. What we're really doing with the target prices is we're determining where there could be some resistance, where the stock could break down at, where the stock could stall out at, because that's going to help you define your reward risk ratio. If there's heavy resistance at 105 and you're getting into a stock at 100 with a stop loss at 95, then you're only looking at $5 of downside, $5 of upside. That's a reward to risk ratio of one to one. That doesn't work. But if you got it to where you can say, okay, there's really no major resistance until it gets to 115, then you're starting to talk about a three to one reward risk ratio and a clear path to being able to get to that target price potentially. It doesn't mean it necessarily will get there. I have plenty of stocks that I'll only get out for like a two or 3% gain because it never really matured into its true potential. But nonetheless, what we're looking for in that setup, is there the potential? Is there a path to that price target? But what technical analysis does, and I think a lot of times this needs to be repeated on a regular basis because we fail to realize that. We look at support and resistance and we're saying, okay, if support doesn't hold, technical analysis doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. That's not what technical analysis is. Technical analysis is not about support always holding or resistance always rejecting price. Support and resistance are simply guidance. So if a stock breaks support instead of holds it, that doesn't mean technical analysis is broken. That just means price is telling you something different. It tells you that support is not holding, that this time support could not hold it, that there's more sellers than buyers at that level than there was in the past. In the past, there was plenty of buyers to be able to hold that stock up to continue to keep it bouncing. This time around, there wasn't the buyers there and now it's breaking down. Then that changes the whole perception of the trade or the chart. 
that all of a sudden the stock isn't all of a sudden this guaranteed bounce at this price level. It's now breaking down, and that should be a concern, a red flag. And that's where stop losses come in play is because when the technical analysis is such that something has changed in the stock to where the support is not holding up and it's breaking down, that's when we want to get out of a trade. And so going back to the price targets and setting them at $1.70, like Skeeter did, when it gets up to $1.70, we just go ahead and sell it. And then we watch the price go up to $2.25. We're like, oh, crap, man. Why did I get out of that? Why did I set it at $1.70? Have you had those thoughts before? I'm sure you have. He's like, man, I was so stupid selling at that price level. Because we start personalizing these gains. Like the guy I was telling you about in the po- previous podcast episode doing the 15%. We personalize it. Why do we say 15%? Because 15% means something. It's probably because if the person's trading with $10,000 on a single trade and he makes 15% off of it, then he made $1,500. That becomes very personalized. That $1,500, that covers this month's mortgage. Does the market care about that? No. Market might say, hey, I'm not stopping there. I'm going to 225. I'm going up to, you know, uh, instead of a 50% gain, I'm going to go all the way up another 20%. And on top of that 15%. But if we just put these like arbitrary numbers, like, oh, I'll, I'll take it out at 15% or, or 10% or $1.70, we're really cutting our potential short. Yes, it may not go higher than that. It may bog down at $1.70 on BNED. For those watching on YouTube or watching the video on Spotify, I'll just go ahead and put the chart up there for a second here, which is something I actually don't ever do. But I don't think if you're just listening to it, you actually need to see it. Essentially what BNED did, it based in June, it broke out right there at the end of the month and beginning of July, goes all the way from $1.10, goes up to $2.25, pulls back now sitting at $1.97. And if we don't give a stock the full potential to run, And sometimes it's best done when you only have like a quarter position, a half position, or a third of a position, but where a lot of the emotions are taken out of the trade because we don't have as much in play and we've already booked a lot of profits on the trade, then we can be a little bit more rational with the trade and not be worked over when if the trade doesn't go our way. Let's say it goes all the way up to $1.70, you take a half position off, you got the other half, you want to say, okay, let's see how it can go. Instead of going to $2.25, it drops back down to $1.40. Or dollar fifty. Let's say it opens up the next day with a big gap because these penny stocks they're known for having some really really bad gaps. And if that happens, you're still walking away with a good chunk of the trade. You got out half at dollar seventy, and then you got another half out dollar fifty. You got in at like a dollar fifteen, dollar twenty. You made a really good trade. But then there's the other times where the trade will go from a dollar seventy, which was your target price, and blow right through it like it did in the case of BNED, and goes all the way up to two twenty five. You want to know what else is worth looking into? SwingTradingTheStockMarket.com. Yes, this is my plug for all my stock market research. If you want to get it each and every day, if you're watching on YouTube, you can just click the join button down below. You'll get it there. If you're listening to it on one of the uh, podcast platforms, just go to SwingTradingTheStockMarket.com. There, you will get all of my market research each day. That's going to include updates on all the big tech stocks, updates on all the indices. That's like the SPY, the NASDAQ 100, the Russell 2000, VIX. We get into all that stuff, the big fang tech stocks. That's going to be Meta, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, NVIDIA, Google, Microsoft, and Tesla. And then each day I'm putting out videos for different trade ideas that I like, daily watch lists, really, really cool stuff. Highly encourage you to check it out. And you're supporting the podcast in the process. So if you're learning from the podcast, hopefully you can learn from swingtradingthestockmarket.com or just simply by clicking join down below if you're watching on YouTube. Now I talk about the hard sells, right? I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of putting sell prices right at specific target prices, but everybody has a different lifestyle. And so we have to be 
mindful of that, especially as we consider somebody else's trading strategy. So often you'll see like on Twitter or stock twits, people like, oh, that's the worst trading strategy I've ever heard. And it probably crushes that person because if you get a few people to join in saying, oh, you're an idiot or you don't know what you're talking about, it hurts the person. And oftentimes we're not considering what is that person's lifestyle? What is the strategy? What is the things that the person's dealing with on a daily basis that doesn't let him sit like what I get to do? I get to sit in front of a computer all day and look at these charts and really spend a lot of time in them. But not everybody can do that. Sometimes they can only do their research at night, put their orders in at night, and hopefully they trigger the next day and give them some decent profits. And so, you, yes, there's going to be some people out there that can't just they don't see the stock market during the regular trading hours. And so they're guided by orders that they have to put in before the belt. Yes, it's a little bit more of a disadvantage in, in, in some ways, but in other ways, it probably takes a lot of emotion out of the trade if they're not watching every little tick each and every day. And so if you're a person that can't really look at the market throughout the day and be able to take profits when you would like to, then you may have to determine where those prices are going to be at when you want to take profits. And so with Skeeter, that might be the case. And I don't want to dismiss that completely saying, oh, you've got to let the winners run. I mean, I think you should. But in some cases, it's very difficult to be able to do that. And maybe in this kind of situation, maybe that's what you have to do is you're, you're selling a third here and a third there predetermined at key levels of resistance. And then maybe you let that last third go with like a 10% trailing stop loss. I don't even like stop losses. Or maybe instead, instead of like a trailing stop loss, which again, I don't like, maybe you just keep adjusting that stop loss each and every day as the stock continues to move higher. When it broke through $1.70, let's say you had a half position left. Maybe the next day when it goes up to 225, you see that it went all the way up there and pulled back to like 207, 208 to close the day. Perhaps you put the stop loss the next day at $1.95, you get stopped out, you move on, but at least you were able to capture another 25 cents on the trade, which you know was probably another 20% to the position. But in all, we want to remember that target prices are really for defining reward risk going into the trade and whether or not they are justified. And if they're justified and the market conditions line up, if you have the market rallying and if you have the sectors and the industries and the stock that you're looking to trade all working in cohesion and you that reward risk ratio is still right, then that's when I like to pull the trigger. And the other point that I probably want to make with this podcast episode is we talked about BNED. It's a it's a dollar ninety seven stock currently. When you got in, it was probably like around dollar twenty, dollar thirty. Very, very extreme stuff to work with. You're talking about moves that can, you know, just a normal day can be 20 or 30%. I would say most of the traders that I'm around with that have blown up their portfolios, they've done it on things like VIX instruments, shorting the VIX, and then all of a sudden the VIX just goes absolutely parabolic on them. I've seen people do it a lot of times on the penny stocks, a lot of people. And there was a guy that I went to at a StockTwits meetup a lot, and I'd see him there and ask him how his trading was going, and it was never doing all that great. And I actually could tell that he knew a lot about trading and he, he had the concepts right, but he was trading with these penny stocks and these penny stocks were just ripping them to pieces. And one of them that was destroying them was MULN. And a lot of you guys probably have traded that stock. I'm not a huge fan of it. I think it's a disaster to trade. Would never recommend going into something like that. This stock was just like, I don't know, I think it was about a year ago or maybe just late last year, trading around 11 or $12. Back in March of last year, I think it was trading over $100. Today, it's trading at 19 cents. And so when we're using stop losses, and I preach stop losses so much, yes, there's going to be plenty of trades that you make. You get stopped out of it. You'll see it either go back up or it just kind of like floundered around that stop loss. And you're like, why was I so worried about placing a stop loss? Stop losses don't necessarily protect you from a cataclysmic event happening with every one of your trades. But when you do have a cataclysmic event that happens in one of your trades, 
let's say it's a stock that you get in at 100, you get stopped out at 95, and in the next next couple of days, you start to see it hit 90, 85, and then a month down the road, it's trading at $10. That happens. It's happened a lot over the years. There's so many stocks out there, especially after 2022 still, that have not even come close to recovering the losses that they experienced from 2022. Yes, a lot of tech stocks have recovered, but not all of them. MULN, that's a software stock. Hasn't recovered at all. And so stop losses, there's a good chance when you're trading a stock like, I don't know, say Caterpillar or Honeywell or MasterCard, Visa, those kinds of stocks. If you get stopped out of them, there's a good chance that, you know, the next day you'll, if you, let's say you forgot to put your stop loss in and, and mistakes happen in trading. I've forgotten to put my stop losses in before, but let's say you forget to put the stop loss in or you thought you had and it didn't, you get stopped out. Next day you realize I'm still in this position. There's a good chance that, yeah, you might still be getting out at a lower price. You might get out at a higher price. But if you get out at a lower price, it's probably not something that's going to absolutely destroy your portfolio in the days ahead. But you do that with something like a penny stock like MULN. MULN, just today alone, I'm looking at it, it's down 13.6%. And look at the chart. You can't even tell that it's down 13.6%. It just goes down just continuously. And so if you have forgotten to do it back in March when it was trading at over $100, and you said, oh, I'll just get right back in. You know, it goes from $100 down to 85 really quick. And you're like, oh, it goes back to 100. I'll go ahead and get out. That's where I have my stop loss at. Then all of a sudden it's trading at 19, 20 cents a share and you've lost it all. And that's what you're trying to avoid when you're using stop losses. But it happens a whole lot in penny stocks. Most penny stocks become worthless, it just does. So when you're trading these things, you're really trying to capture lightning in a bottle. And it, it can be really, really a dangerous thing because when you're piling into it, everybody else is piling into it. And then it's like you're all in this movie theater. Somebody screams fire. And then all of a sudden, you're all trying to get out of the movie theater before you get burned. And when you're trying to do that with penny stocks, by the time you get out, you're probably going to be deep in the red. That's just how it works with penny stocks. That's why I don't trade penny stocks. It's very alluring with the charts that you see and with some of the big time moves that you see out of penny stocks. But ultimately, they are a portfolio wrecker. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would encourage you to like and subscribe to it on YouTube and to leave me a five-star review on Spotify or whatever platform that you're listening to it on. And make sure to keep sending me your questions, ryan at sharepointer.com. I love to hear from you guys. I want to hear your stories. Tell me your stories. Tell me your questions. Tell me what's bothering you. I want to know about it. Send them to me, ryan at sharepointer.com. Check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Click join down below if you're watching on YouTube. Thank you and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to SharePointer.com slash trading block. That's www.SharePointer.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.